all that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. The old that is strong does not wither. Deep roots are not reached by the frost. Hey, plant people. It's Vikram Baliga, your host for the Planthropology Podcast. And uh, we're going to do something a little bit different today. Um, originally, you were supposed to be hearing our first deep dive episode with, with my friend Hallie from the One to Grow On podcast, where we talked about local foods and some of the things surrounding local food webs and the local food industry. But um, if you, and, and don't worry, you'll still hear that. We'll, that'll come out next week on the 11th. But, um, if you follow me on social media, either uh, through the podcast or, or personally, you've seen that, uh, or you may have seen that um, we just lost my grandfather this past week on uh, Tuesday the 28th in the evening at the age of 88. And it was actually just before I defended my PhD dissertation. I did that the afternoon of the 29th, which, uh, by the way, I passed. So, so hooray for that. That was pretty exciting and exhausting. And it was a very long day. But um, so, yeah, I, I didn't actually find out uh, that he had passed away until uh, the day after my defense on the 30th in the morning. And, uh, you know, I... I my my family made the decision that they should just hold off on telling me because of everything else going on with school and with defending and all that, which I, uh, you know, very much actually appreciate because I, I don't know how well I would have gotten through it otherwise. But um, so because of that, and because if you've been listening to the show for a while, you've heard that he really was the inspiration for me going into this field and for my love of nature and plants. And so I, I wanted to take the opportunity to spend just a few minutes, and, and really this will probably be pretty short, um, talking to you about him a little bit. So he was born, his name was uh, Raman Joshi or Dr. Raman Joshi, and he was born in 1932 in India. And um, grew up, went to medical school, married my grandmother. I don't know if that order is completely right but he would tell me stories about uh, uh being a boy in the 30s in india and, and in the 40s during world war ii and during the british occupation or the near the end of the british occupation of india and um all kinds of crazy stuff about goats and cobras and you know riding and chasing goats and running away from cobra cobras and jumping off of rooftops and all kinds of stuff that i i like to believe was all true um and then, you know, went to medical school, practiced in India for a while, and then uh, moved his family. So uh, himself, my grandmother, my mom, and my uncle to the States in the early 70s, where they lived in Virginia for a few years, and then uh, moved here to Lubbock, where he worked at a hospital. My mom went to Texas Tech University, where I work now, actually, and uh, they've lived here ever since in the in the same house that I grew up in. Um, my mom and I lived with my grandparents till I was about 10, uh, or, or mostly most of my life until I was about 10, and... Uh, so the the home that I grew up in is still the home that um, he lived in up until he passed away and that my grandmother still lives in. So for, for the past 40 some odd years, it's been it's been this uh, sanctuary and this refuge for me. And I remember as a kid, uh, uh, Lubbock's grown a lot in the past decade or two and and as a kid our our backyard you would open up the back gate and it was 
cotton fields. And um, the you know six lane or seven lane road that runs behind it now was just a, a two lane you know country farm road. And so I remember growing up with him and and going out the back gate and walking across the street and you know hitting golf balls into the uh, this little playa lake, this little seasonal lake that was out there, and um, finding animals and. Uh, horny toads and uh, turtles and whatever else was back there and just, you know, growing up kind of in what felt like, oh, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I think I always thought of it. Oh, we live on a farm. We we didn't live on a farm. We lived kind of near a farm. But in my head that, you know, as a, as a four or five, six year old, you know, we lived out in the country in the middle of nowhere and, and all of that. But, um, so I, and I apologize a little bit if this ends up being a, a rambling um, few minutes for you to listen to, but, you know, I'm just kind of thinking through my thoughts and still dealing with my thoughts about all of this and, and my life. But um, so he was a doctor. Uh, he did everything from deliver babies to uh, do family practice. He spent most of his career in family practice. And uh, he ran a clinic here in in Lubbock called the Parkway Clinic for quite a number of years. I believe 10 or 15, maybe more years in uh, what was then and is still kind of a uh, a rough part of town and um, for a variety of reasons, you know, uh, and one of the things I remember the most is I, you know, spent my summers um, kind of at the doctor's office with him. My mom, when I was little, went back to graduate school. And so I spent a lot of time with my grandparents at the, at the clinic. And gosh, the thing that I remember the most about those times was the way he treated people. And, and it still stuck with me all this, all these years later, uh, you know, this was what, 20, 20 plus years ago at this point, but, um, the way he treated people from his office staff to, um, uh, their families, um, to, uh, the patients that came in, he was, I think the kindest man I've ever met, um, in a time when, when you could still do things like this. I I say you could, I don't know if he was supposed to or not, but that never really stopped him. Uh, in a time when before the insurance system and our medical system was the way it is today, he would take whatever people could pay him for his services. I remember during the summer, a few years, he would accept baskets of vegetables, uh, onions and, and peppers and whatever else people could give him eggs sometimes or, literally whatever a person could pay, he would take that as payment. Um, because he had this crazy idea as a doctor that someone's financial status was not a good enough reason, um, for him to not treat them. So I remember we would go home a lot of times, I think sometimes to my grandmother's chagrin because bell peppers don't necessarily pay the power bill. Uh, but we would go home with all these vegetables and he loved to cook. So he would teach me about how to cook all these different things. And, and, uh, we would plant some seeds in the backyard sometimes from, uh, things that we, or that he got from the clinic and, and, so my love of gardening and my love of nature and plants and, and really honestly, my love of people started at an early age by watching this man's example. 
And uh, there's a picture of me somewhere, and I, I may put it on social media in the post that goes with this, of me probably three or four years old, the age that my son is now, um, standing out in the backyard, staring at corn plants with my hands on my hips. And I, I have no idea what I was thinking at the time, but I remember the happiest points in my childhood were the times that we were outside gardening. Um, and I'm sorry if I don't make it all the way through this without, you know, getting emotional and having to cut parts out, but, uh, he could grow anything y'all. He had this amazing, I I don't, I don't know what it was. It's something that even as a horticulturist with, you know, three degrees at this point, I can't, I cannot replicate. Uh, but he could grow absolutely anything. Um, from different vegetables to flowers to things that really should not have grown in West Texas. We still had it, vegetables, stuff like that. And I remember him always being willing to just try new stuff. If we had seeds, if we got seeds, if we had something that he wanted to plant, we would plant it and it would go in the yard and we would eat it. And it was wonderful. Um, You know, growing up, we had this apple tree in the backyard. And it was, it was, it it was a garbage apple tree guys. It really was. If I'm being objective about this, it like dreamed about being as good as in a Macintosh tree, uh, or a Macintosh apple. It just, just not great. Fruit wasn't great. Didn't taste good. Uh, it had bores, it had diseases, but it was there. Right. And so we hung a swing in it and we built a little tree house in it and we did all these things um, uh, with this tree. And I, I believe we finally had to cut it down when I was maybe a teenager, or, you know, maybe 12, 13. Uh, and I remember being so sad about this tree coming down. And I have some kind of memory that, that you know, is not real clear, but of what the the words he actually said were, but I, I remember talking about you know how much I loved this old tree for whatever reason, and um, him just saying we'll plant something else, and so he did. He planted some other trees in the backyard, and and now there's uh, an apricot tree and a pear tree and this cherry tree that has never given us a single cherry, but is is still there. Um, and so he, he always balanced this passion for nature with a practicality about it, that things serve their purpose. And um, at some point, maybe those things don't serve their purpose anymore. And we treat them with respect and we love them still, but uh, it's okay for them, for, for an old apple tree that's falling apart and, that it doesn't give us apples anymore and won't hold up a swing. It's it's okay for that to come down because new life can start in its place. Something new can come up where it was. But um so that's I think that's where my love of of gardening. No, I don't think. I know that for a fact that's where my love of gardening came from. Because that's what we did. We would go outside and we would garden and we would sit on the swing and just talk for hours sometimes. And uh I remember just a few weeks ago, um, and and I, I, I this just as an aside, I actually got to see him um, Monday before he passed away, and that was, you know, maybe not without going into any detail, not in the best circumstances, but uh, I got to see him and spend some time with him and talk with him one last time, and um, that's something that I will always um, 
always value. But I remember uh, just just several weeks ago, we would, we were sitting in the backyard, and um, he was mostly wheelchair bound over the past few months, and uh, he hadn't really been outside in a while. So we wheeled him out back, and um, I picked apricots off the tree with my mom, and um, then we just sat and talked for a little bit about our memories of the garden. And, uh, Oh, excuse me. Um, and and, you know, some of his short term memory wasn't as good as it at once was, but he still remembered all those times too. And, uh, you know, there's, there's something about connecting with nature and connecting with the people we love that sticks with you. Um, and so there's some things he taught me over the years, and, and I just wanted to share those with you very quickly. Uh, some things about life. There's, there's, I think we have a very strange and very maybe perverted uh, image of what strength is and what it means to be strong. But what, what he always showed me was that strength comes from a lot of places and courage comes from a lot of places. It's standing up for people that need it, whether you're accepting onions and bell peppers and tomatoes for medical care or, um, I never saw him get angry except when it was at someone else's, um, on on someone else's behalf. Um, he was generous with his time and his money, but he was also generous with the way he approached life. Right. So if someone was wronged, if he thought that, someone needed to be taken care of and they weren't those were the only times i remember really seeing him getting angry when he was defending someone else and so when we talk about strength he showed me that kindness and compassion and integrity and ingenuity uh uh were such wonderful paths to strength and and into real power in life and and ingenuity he could fix anything and he did. And it wasn't always like, you know, right, quote unquote, when it was done. I remember uh, uh, being a kid and him being like, oh, I can fix your toy. And then getting it back and being like, this does not look like it did before it broke, but it worked. And so uh, he was very clever, very um creative with his solutions. I remember for a long time, we had an old TV that held up our new TV. And I think when I asked him about it and said, well, why don't we get a TV stand? He was like, well, that's what that is. That is a TV stand. It's a stand that is holding up the TV. I'm like, well, I guess I can't argue with that. He taught me that there were so many things that go into being um, a good person. You know, he never said any of these things. He didn't have to, he lived it. And when I look at what our world today needs, um, maybe it's a five foot, six inch tall giant who was brave enough to do maybe things that were uh, against what his colleagues thought and sometimes even what his family thought was right because, or, or what he should do because they were right. He was not afraid to do the right thing. Uh, maybe our world needs more people that are humble. Uh, you would never hear him talk about himself. Um, 
his accomplishments were what they were. He was uh, a, an athlete. He played in he played soccer and tennis, and he loved to watch sports. He even uh, ran a five k in the seventies with an, uh, an Olympian, and all these things. And he never talked about them because they were things that he accomplished that he didn't need to tell anyone about. That accomplishment was enough in and of itself. But he would tell anyone about his family and about um, the things that we did and the things that we'd accomplished. He was always so proud of all of us. And um, so maybe that humility and that selflessness is what we need today. Uh, Maybe a love for nature, whether it was plants in the garden or the turtles he would find uh, uh, near lakes or on the road and bring home and put in the backyard and feed. I remember for years we had a little box turtle sanctuary and uh it was just you know and i say that probably pretty loosely he would pick them up and we would put them in the backyard and feed them lettuce and stuff and then they would crawl out under a fence and disappear but that wasn't the point the point was not hanging on to them um the point was giving them maybe some kind of kindness um in the short term and uh Y'all, I don't know. I, I I don't know where I'm going with this. I know I'm just rambling, but I just, I wanted to share with you a little bit about a humble life that was so much bigger and so much uh, more impactful than uh, he would have ever let you believe. Uh, you know, he served, again, he served here as a doctor for 30 years, 40 years before he fought, 30 years before he finally retired um, when I was at high school. And, uh, I remember the number of people at his retirement party and it was amazing. It was, it was this Indian restaurant here in town that's still there actually. And it was packed wall to wall. Uh, every booth was full. Every seat was full with his colleagues and a few of his former patients and his friends and people that were just honoring him. And, and unfortunately at his funeral this weekend, uh, we had his, Um, We had a little ceremony. uh, I'm recording this on Sunday night. So Saturday night, we had a little ceremony where we um, uh, sang some hymns of sorts uh, and things like that. And then today was the actual funeral. And uh, unfortunately, because of COVID, uh, there weren't a lot of people there. But I know that a lot of people still cared Um, because of just I I hear it from other folks. And I know a lot of people wish they could have been there. But, you know, he would have not wanted the fanfare. Uh, he would not have wanted the whole big deal made about him. Um, but his family was all there and, and all of that. So, uh, I just, I want to encourage you, um, in a couple of ways today. I I want you to just, gosh, maybe follow the example of a, a kind, humble man and just, just take, solace in the impact you can have on the world just by being kind and just by being good and by loving nature and by uh, saving a turtle from getting run over in the road and by uh, caring for an apple tree until you couldn't anymore and then putting something new in Um, just by being good. Uh, The world lost a good person this past week. A, a truly a good man. And I don't just say that as his grandson. I, I think um, he's the kind of person I aspire to be and I hope to be. And I, and I know that I fall short a lot 
but he's the kind of person I aspire to be. And uh, so I want you to take solace in that you can have an impact just through your kindness, whether it's to nature, whether it's to other people or anything in between. Um, Your kindness and your goodness matter. So I want to leave you with just a a couple of quotes and um, for no other reason than that I like them and that they remind me of him. And so um, the quote I opened with was from Lord of the Rings and it was uh, part of the poem um, that that Tolkien wrote about uh, Aragorn, if you know the story, blah, blah, blah. So um, I think a lot of people, I've seen a lot of tattoos out there that say not all those who wander are lost. But the part that always stuck out with me or stuck out to me was that deep roots are not reached by the frost. And so the frost of time, the frost of growing up and the frost of just a world that is dark and broken right now, uh, if you have deep roots planted by your family, um, by those that you love, your friends, whoever else, uh, those endure. And so I would encourage you to plant deep roots for the people that you love and for the future and for our society. The things you do today matter. Um, next, there's a, a quote that uh, is attributed to be a Greek proverb. I, I don't know. Greeks get a lot of credit for a lot of things. This one seems to hold up, but uh, it goes a little something like, uh, A society grows great when old men plant trees under whose shade they know they shall never sit. And uh, same kind of thing, right? We plant the seeds for a better world, uh, which he certainly did. And he certainly has. Uh, And I see those seeds growing um, in so many aspects of my life. And uh, every time my son smiles, he has the, the same smile that my granddad did. And I see that there. Um, and the final is is kind of a um, last rites of sorts that is done in you know traditionally traditionally in a lot of Indian funerals and uh, I didn't understand the words as we were saying them but my grandma uh, translated it for me and then made me fix it two or three times and I wrote it down wrong but I'm gonna leave you with this this one last thought or this one last uh, uh, prayer as it was. Lead me from untruth to truth. Lead me from the darkness to the light. Lead me from death to immortality. Peace, peace, peace.